today. Oh, that was pitiful. Man, I feel sorry for you. You must have had just a terrible week. It's so good to see you today. We're uh, uh, starting a a study of the book of Philippians, so we're going to be going through that, and uh, I hope that you'll be encouraged by this and challenged and all those things. Uh, Two years ago, um, my father died, and uh, he was 94 uh, at the time. That means uh, he was born in 1922. And the last uh, few years of his life, as I would go to visit him, you know, every month, uh, I would always want to talk to him about what was it like being born 100 years ago, you know? What was life like, you know, in the 1900s, in, in the 20th century? And, I mean, it was just fascinating because it's so totally different from our life here in America today. Uh, so in the 1900s, in the 20th century, my parents and, and, and your parents or your grandparents, uh, the world was totally different. And the country was different. Uh, In the 1900s, Americans lived through the Depression. And uh, my uh, father's family lost everything. They lost their home. Uh, They had to go live with relatives. They moved around looking for jobs, just anything they could do. When I was about six years old, we went to visit Aunt Ophelia in Atlanta, Georgia living in this tiny two-bedroom house and later I found out that my grandparents and and my brother and his two brothers excuse my father and his two brothers went and lived in that house with them and their family and with other relatives and I just couldn't imagine what that was really like they moved all over the place just trying to find a job my my grandmother lost her job as a teacher my grandfather lost his job as a pharmacist and so they just went from town to town, just desperate to find a job, desperate to find a place to live. And then came World War II. You know, and we can't imagine what that was really like. Uh, My father served, and and, uh, we were blessed in that we didn't have, or I didn't have relatives, but some of you, uh, maybe you had relatives, you had loved ones that died in that war. You know, if you think about it, a hundred years ago, people had a lot less than we did. And today, in the 21st century, we have more. We have more money. We have more jobs. We have more food. We have more things. We have more entertainment. We have more travel. We have more toys. We have more of all the things that we think are going to give us joy. But in reality, often those things give us less joy. And the Lord who created us told us how, how we could find real joy. And the first thing is that it's not found in things. Real joy is found in Jesus Christ. And the reason is because, see, he saves us, not just from our sin, but he saves us from trying to find joy in things that don't matter. And things that aren't going to bring any kind of lasting joy at all. And Jesus said in John chapter 15, I have told you these things. He's talking to his disciples there at the Last Supper. But he's talking to you. He's talking to me. I have told you these things so that you can have what? The same joy I have as the Son of God. 
That's, that's the kind of joy I want you to have, the same joy I have, and so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. So how do we get this real joy, this fullest possible joy? Jesus came to save us from our sins. And unfortunately, the reality is that a lot of people think that, that sins are fun, okay? And that being a Christian means you're not going to have any fun. And you're not going to have any joy. But friend, being forgiven by Jesus Christ of every sin, of everything we've ever done against God, against others, now that brings joy. And so following Christ and living the life we were created to live, that, that what brings joy to us. What's real joy? <laughs> we're going to see here as we go through Philippians, and we're going to find the things that bring us joy. And I tell you, a lot of the things that bring us joy are the things that we'd want to avoid, the things we don't want to do, because we don't think they're going to bring joy. We think they're going to make us miserable. So it's going to be a surprise. So what is joy? Well, if you want to find out what something is, it helps to find out some, what it isn't also. And so let's first talk about what joy is not. Joy is not the absence of problems. And, and this is huge for us. Because usually, you know, we're happy and joyful if everything's good, if it's all good. If something bad happens, then we think, oh, well, I'm, I, and that takes away our joy. But, friend, joy is not the feeling you feel when it's all good. Jesus had joy. He says, I came to give you my joy, okay? Well, what happened to Jesus? He was rejected by his own people, by his whole nation by his family he was rejected he was he was falsely accused he was arrested he was he was mocked he was tortured and then he was nailed to a cross whoa that doesn't sound very joyful no those weren't pleasant experiences i'm sure he wished he prayed in the garden he wished he could avoid those but that did not rob him of his joy paul he had joy he had joy when he started following Christ. Now, before all that, he had all this thing, all the things the world could give him. He had riches, he had fame, he had power, and he was miserable. He found Jesus and he found joy. And then he was persecuted and put in prison for preaching Christ. And that's where he wrote the book of Philippians. You know, you read the book of Philippians and it's talking about all this joy that God wants us to have, and you think, hmm, I wonder where this guy was. He must have been, you know, living in a palace. He must have been at Disney World. He must have been somewhere really, really nice. Night. Where was he? He was in a prison. It changed to a little guard. And believe me, prisons in those days were nothing like they are. Joy's not the absence of problems. Joy's not the accumulation of more things. All right. Now, obviously. Now, is there anybody here? doesn't like to get gifts. I mean, you just hate it when you, somebody gives you something. Anybody here that you don't like to get anything new, anything better? No, of course not. We all like gifts. We all like new things, okay, that, that are, are fun to use or make our life better, whatever it might be. So I actually, I brought some gifts here today. All right? 
Now, men, they're not for you, all right? You wouldn't want it, so you just pull it, all right? But I brought some gifts here, and boy, these are amazing gifts, okay? Now, ladies, you know what this is, don't you? This is what? What's this? This is a coach handbag. Now, on this side of the room, what lady would like this? I'm not trying to trick you. You would like this. Carolyn would like this. Jacob, would you come, please? And would you give this gift to this lady right in front of you? It's Carolyn, right? All right. There you go. Now, I'm not ignoring this side over here. I know you're... Got another one. I searched the earth. All right. What lady would like this gift? Okay, right there. Teresa in the back. Uh, Austin? Where are you, Austin? Would, would you come and would you take this back there to Teresa? Teresa, maybe you should stand up so Austin can make sure that you get it. Okay. Now, ladies, do you like those gifts? Coach handbags cost $350, $400. Do you think I'm going to give away $400 gifts? A few years ago, we had a garage sale at the church to raise some money, I think, for a youth event or something like that. And somebody brought those. So I nabbed them. I knew they'd make great sermon illustrations. They're knockoffs. You know what? If those ladies took those handbags and used them in a couple weeks all the all the vinyl would be, be falling off the straps would be broken i mean those things are pitiful all right those things will not last more than two trips out you see that's the reality about them oh they can bring us joy lasting joy in things. Joy is not a personality type. You know some people that are just, you know, like effervescent. I mean, they're always happy. They're always smiling. How you doing? Oh, man, I am doing terrific, okay? And they make us sour pussies sick, you know, how, how happy they are. We just can't stand that, okay? And, and, and let's, you know, there are some people that that's a personality. They're perky, they're bubbly, you know. They're just always positive and always happy. And then there are people who aren't like that, with, that, were, that were reserved, okay? All right. Some people are like, a, you know, a, 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 a cup of hot tea. You know, it's soothing, it's quiet, it's calm. Other people, they're like a can of Red Bull. I mean, they're just fizzy and energy and all that okay but see here's the reality joy is not a personality god did not create some of us to be able to have joy and others of us not joy is really a choice joy is not doing whatever we want a lot of people think well if i could just do what i want then i'd be happy no you wouldn't you're not happy now 
Joy is not doing whatever we want. Most of the things we humans think will bring us joy don't. It just lasts, or it, it doesn't last. If you watch TV, if you watch the movies, Americans think that a passionate affair will give them joy. Or, or, or a party with, with uh, plenty of booze. Well, it might give you a bit of happiness that night, but the joy will be gone when you wake up in the morning. Joy's not found in doing what God tells us not to do. Uh, Cheryl Crow, I, I'm not a uh, uh, country music uh, uh, aficionado at all, but someone told me that she has a song. It says, if it makes you happy, it can't be bad. If it makes you happy, I'm quoting, then why the hell are you so sad? And there's reality in that. And God tells us not to do some things because they won't bring us joy, they'll bring us grief. There's a big difference between joy and happiness, okay? Happiness is based on what's happening to me. Joy is based on Jesus in me. Happiness is based on external. Joy is internal. Happiness is a feeling. Excuse me. Happiness is fleeting. It comes and goes all the time. Throughout the course of a day, it just changes up and down. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is eternal. When I eat a half gallon of chocolate chip mint ice cream, man, my taste buds are just happy, 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 happy. And my throat, as it goes down, it's wonderful. And then there's a nice, full, warm feeling in, in your tummy, okay? But then when I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with a headache because of the sugar, then my joy's gone. Happiness is based on what's happening to me. Joy is based on Jesus. Philippians 4.4, that's the key verse in this book, all right? Everything he's going to say goes back to that. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. Very important, rejoice in the Lord. First, rejoice is not a noun, it's a, it's a verb, isn't it? It's based on what you do in response to what God has done for you. Joy in the Lord him and again I say rejoice he has to say you see we keep making that choice to have Jesus fully alive in us joy is the calm it's the rest it's the peace and it's the thrill it is the thrill of Jesus Christ living in us my friend I just ask you today you have the thrill of Jesus all your sins are forgiven God loves you the more than you can imagine God's got a future plan for you. Oh, it, it's indescribable. Living in God's kingdom forever and ever and ever. Joy is the power of Jesus Christ. He's the hope of glory. Galatians, Paul wrote this. My old self, that joyless self, that, that self that was looking for joy in things and in power and the possession. My old self is crucified with Christ. And now it's no longer I who live it. <clears throat> so as we go through Philippians, the 
can see the things that our Creator says really bring us joy, and a lot of them will surprise you. So let's start. Let's start Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy. That was his co-laborer in Christ. And we're servants of Jesus Christ, he says. To all God's holy people. Some of your translations say saints, okay? Same, same word. To all God's holy people, saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, the church leaders, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this. I thank my God every time I remember you. You know where joy is found? It's found in relationships. It's found in relationships. A relationship with God. That's where it starts. And you see, uh, most people don't have joy. They don't have this, you know, long-lasting, eternal confidence and love and appreciation and joy and thrill that God loves them and their sins are forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ and they're on their way to heaven. Why? Because we've all sinned. Every one of us, we've all sinned. And sin brings guilt, you know, to our life. It brings condemnation to us. But Romans chapter 5 says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, I've sinned a lot. But when I get to heaven, God's not going to bring up any one of those sins at all. Because I'm in Christ Jesus. When, when God's going to see me at heaven's gate, he's not going to see my sin. He's going to see the blood of Jesus Christ covering my sin. There's no condemnation for you, for me. If we're in Christ Jesus, that brings us joy. And that's the, what a relationship with God is all about. And it's a relationship with all God's people, too. With all God's people, with all the saints. Now, we, you know, it sounds like the the, the people there in Philippi, the Christians in Philippi, were perfect. No, they weren't. They were just like you. They were just like me. They had the same issues. You know, sometimes we read the Bible and we read about these people who obeyed God and followed God and served God, and we think, oh, man, they were saints. I mean, they were just, you know, they glowed in the dark. Okay, they were, they were superhuman. They didn't have the, they're not like the other the Christians in my church, all right? I, I love the little ditty. You know, to live above with saints we love. Oh, that will be glory. But to live above with saints we know, that's another story. Here on earth, we hurt each other. We say things we shouldn't. We get consumed with ourselves. We judge each other. We criticize. We complain. We sin. Well, how can we be saints? Because in God's eyes, he doesn't see the sin. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ shed for all our sins, yours and mine. And that brings joy. When we see ourselves as that, and we see that other Christian that way as well. Joy is found in our relationship with other Christians. And, and that's really important because we are prone to think that all our problems are caused by other people. 
It's because they did that. It's because they're that way. It's because they said that. We tend to think that all our problems are caused by other people. And all of us can think of people who we think rob us of joy. Nobody here has perfect relationships at all. Now, I, w I want you to do something here, all right? I want everybody to turn to your left and just kind of pan the room and look at all the people. Look at all the people. You can turn your head around and looking back and in front, okay? Just look at all the people there, all right? Did you see anybody that's not really that nice? I said pan the room, not the person beside you, okay? But did you see somebody that's not really that nice that you'd really rather not be around, okay? Would you all, everybody in the room, turn and look over to the right, okay? Look to your right, okay? Your other right, okay, all right? Look at all those people. Oh, some of you saw some people that really aren't that nice. Some people maybe that have hurt you. Why did God put people into your life that irritate you? You don't know. You have no idea. You know why? They're sandpaper people. They rub you the wrong way. Well, why did God put them in your life? To rub all the rough edges off of your life. To make you more like Jesus. You see, they didn't treat Jesus very nicely. But he loved them. He died for them. And when people rub us the wrong way, hopefully we're letting them rub off some of that felt in our life. And we choose to love them as Jesus loves us. And friend, when you do that, when you ask God to give you the grace to forgive someone who's hurt you, you become more like Jesus. That's why. You become more like Jesus. And that gives you joy. Relationship with God. Relationship with others. You, you can't have real love if there are no other people in your life. You can't really love people unless there's some unlovely people in your life. And God brings that to you. Relationship. Joy is found in relation. Don't isolate yourself. Don't stay away from the people that frustrate you or irritate you. God has a plan for you in that. What gives real joy? Relationship. Relationship with God. And we're going to look at the second thing. It starts in verse 4. He continues on. He says this. In all my prayers, for all of you, that's really important. We're going to get to that. In all my prayers, Paul found uh, joy in what? In all my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with what? With joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel, from the first day that I met you until now, ten years later, being confident of this, Paul writes, that God, who began a good work in you, is going to carry that good work on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ, all right? 
We're all in process. God's working on all of us. None of us have finished product yet. But God's going to do that, bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ when he comes back. Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify. God is my witness, he's saying. I long for all of you with the love and affection of Christ Jesus. I want to love you with the love of Christ, Paul says. Joy is found in relationships. It's found in other people. It's found in praying. Did you know we get joy when we pray? That may mean be why some of us are joyless a lot. We find joy in prayer. In praying with God. How many of you right now you could you could take out your cell phone and you could hit speed dial number four? And you would be correct, uh, connected to the President of the United States. Anybody? No, you couldn't. You can't get connected to the President of the United States, but friend, you can get connected to the ruler of the universe at any time, 24 7. When you have a need, then God's met a need and you want to praise him. All day, all the time. Praying with God brings joy. Now, notice I said praying with God, not praying to God. How many of you like to have a conversation with someone and they do all the talking? And all they talk about is themselves? Are our prayers ever like that? We talk to God and it's all about us. All about what we want. All about what we need. All about what we want to happen. Friend, do you know that God wants to tell you what he wants to tell you? God wants to tell you that he loves you. God wants to tell you that that problem you have right now, that God's going to work it out. God wants to tell you that... Uh, you don't know the future, but he does. And he's going to direct you. You take the steps you're supposed to take every day, and you're going to get to where God has blessing for you. God wants to tell you that one day he's going to send his son, Jesus Christ, back for you. Take you to heaven. There's a lot of things God wants to tell you. And if, and if we listen, it brings us joy. Don't don't talk to God. Talk with God. Want joy? Pray with God and pray for others. And again, I just ask the question. You know, just look at your prayer. Look, look at a typical prayer. How much is it? Is it? Are you praying for yourself? How much of that prayer you're praying for others? If, 
if we just pray for ourselves, then we're just self-absorbed, self-consumed. That won't bring you joy. Praying for others as well. Criticizing them, blaming them, judging them, that's going to kill your joy. Praying for others will give you joy. Want to increase your joy quotient? Pray for others. On Wednesday night, we have a prayer group. And those prayer requests that you write on the connection card, turn in. People pray for you. People pray for you. And, you know, I, I, I went around, the, you know, the room where we meet and, and looked at the faces of those people who do that on Wednesday night. You know what? Those are some of the happiest people I know. They really they have joy in their life. Praying, not just for themselves, praying for others. But finally, pray for yourself too. Pray for yourself. Now, that, that brings joy. Now, let's face this reality. Some people want to be miserable. There are some people that aren't happy unless they're miserable. They tend to thrive on that, okay. But nobody in this room, <laughs> you want to be joyful. You want the joy of Jesus in your life. So pray for others and pray for yourself too. Pray for others. Pray for them. Pray for yourself. Pray what? What should we pray? God, please heal them and me. God, please give us more money. God, please give us things. Okay. A lot of times our prayers are like that. But what does Paul pray for the Philippians here in verses 9 through 11? Verse 9, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Pray that their love will grow and pray that your love will grow. Oh, that's the greatest prayer we can pray. Pray that we'll love God. That pray that we'll love others. And friend, I haven't arrived at that. Neither have you. And neither is a person that you don't like. So pray for them. Pray that the love of God would just abound in their life. And you know what? When you pray that, your love, that God's, God's love in you is going to abound. And I bet it's going to happen in them too. Second, pray that they will become more like Jesus. That's what he says there in verse 10. Verse 10 he says there, pray so that you may be able to discern what is best and so that you may be pure and blameless on the day of Christ, that you might be filled with the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Pray that they'll become more like Jesus, pure and blameless. That's what it is on the day Christ is coming back. Pray that you will too. Oh, God, I, I know I'm a sinner, but I want to live a holy life. I want Jesus to be living in me. I want to have his heart. I want to have his attitude. I want to have his obedience. Pray that they'll become like Jesus, and you will too. Then verse 11, pray. He prayed that they and prayed for us here in Sarasota that we would be filled with the fruit of righteousness. What's that? Do you know what that is? That's God's blessing. That's real success, the fruit of righteousness in our life. Pray that they and you will be blessed and eternally successful. Joy. 
joy comes in relationship. A relationship with God where we let him love us and we love him in return. It's found in a relationship with others. When we love others as we love ourselves. It's found in prayer. It's found in talking with God, listening to him, praying for others, praying for ourselves. That brings joy. But here's the sad thing. Not every Christian will experience joy. Just because you've asked Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, that doesn't automatically guarantee you're going to have joy. You can still live a kind of a self-consumed life. Some of us will never experience joy. Why? Because some of us will blame others. That, that's just the human tendency. That's a, just the natural human response. I'm not happy because of that. And friend, blaming others will never bring you joy. It'll rob you. It'll kill your joy. Some of us will blame others. Some of us will blame our circumstances. This happened. That happened. Why me? One day God will tell you why you. Now you've got to trust him. Now you've got to believe that he does work all things together for good for them that love God. Everybody's circumstances are different. You can't compare. Why did that good thing happen to them and the bad thing happened to me? We don't know. We'll never experience joy if we blame others, if we blame our circumstances. Some of us will never experience joy, second reason, because we won't do Philippians. We won't do Philippians. We're going to study Philippians. We're going to read through Philippians. We're going to have sermons on Philippians. We're going to have to... Second hour, we're going to have discussions about Philippians. In our groups, we're going to have discussions about Philippians. How are we going to do Philippians? What, what, what uh, step will I take today? What's God spoken to me about? And, and what change am I going to make? What, what step am I going to take? See, because knowledge does not bring us joy. The exercise of truth brings joy to our hearts. And my friends, this, God loves you. God created you for joy. Here, perfectly forever, over there. Jesus Christ died on a cross so all of your sins could be forgiven so there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus you don't have to fear God you can love God he's forgiven you he has great awesome things planned for you you can have joy we can have joy Christians ought to be the most joyful people in the world because we have the eternal reality God's love and Jesus Christ's sacrifice and his soon return for us. So let's do Philippians. What does that mean? 
Maybe for some of you, it's more prayer. Maybe you turn off a TV for 15 minutes today. And you'll talk with God. And you'll pray for others. As you pray for yourself. Maybe some of you, it'll be reading God's love letter to you. Taking some time to really read this. For others, it's going to be, you know, my just my relationship with that person. You know, that, that person has really hurt me. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. I'm not the judge. I, 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 I can't correct them. Wouldn't help it. If I tried to change them, it wouldn't help. I'll let God do all that stuff. I'm going to forgive them. To see their steps we can take and do the Lord's will. What's my next step in finding joy in Jesus? Oh, <laughs> brothers and sisters, you, you know, as, as I go through, as, as I read through God's word, I ask God to speak to me first. God, point out the things in my life. I, I'm, I'm not, I have no desire to condemn others. God, you speak to me. Let me apply this. Let me understand this. Let me teach this. Let me model this. God, I want to take those next steps in my life. I encourage you to do that. Let's be joyful people. Let's not live a joyless life. Let's not endure life. Let's enjoy the life that God has given to us, that he breathes into us. Jesus gives joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy unending. That's the joy that God has for you. Would you bow with me? Father, forgive us. Forgive us for not having the joy of Jesus in our life. And Father, bad things are going to happen to us. And, and we, we're not going to have this false euphoria that everything's perfect. But God, you've got everything under your control. And you're going to work it out. You work everything together for good to them that love God. That's me. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to live a, a life of joy and faith and confidence in you. I'm going to be a testimony to others of the joy of Jesus in my life. God, help me. You've got to help me with that. And I have to pray the prayer same minute, an hour from now to do it again. God, but that's what you desire for me. Oh, God, I praise you. You're an awesome God of awesome love. You've forgiven all my sins. It, when the day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and God, I want the world to see the joy of Jesus in me. And friend, if you, if you don't have that joy, if, if you, you don't have the confidence that when you stand before God, he's going to say to you, you followed my son Jesus, come on in. Today you can accept him as your Savior and Lord and live out that joy in your life. So, Father, next week as we meet, thank you. You're going to teach us all amazing things in the book of Philippians. And God, help us to do them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You need prayer this morning. As always, people here at the altar at the end of the service are going to be glad to pray for you. Two things, two wonderful things, okay? 5.30. What's happening at 5.30 tonight? Baptism, okay? Oh, it's going to be amazing. We have three middle schoolers. 
and four adults that are being baptized tonight. Uh, there's a little, there are two others that will do it in another way, but it's exciting. You come. You share in that, all right? Then second announcement, next Sunday. Mike showed you pictures. Next Sunday, we're going to take you on a field trip, a worship center field trip. Contractor said we can go over there next week and we can do something very, very important in the sanctuary. It's not finished yet, okay? But we're going to do something very, very important for us at Alliance here. So I hope you'll look forward to that as well. Thank you so much for coming. Let's stand, all right? Hey, express the joy of the Lord to somebody else, okay? Tell them, tell them you're glad they're here today, and tell them like you mean it, okay? God bless you. We'll see you next week. We'll see you tonight. Siesta Keys, 530.